now. This week in sport history. March 21st, 1953, a playoff game between the Boston Celtics and Syracuse Nationals saw them combine for an unwanted NBA record when they were whistled for a combined 106 fouls in the game. 12 players fouled out in all, seven from the Nationals and five from the Celtics, and only two players in the game actually finished with less than five fouls. Dolph Shaves, who played only 16 minutes, and Bob Branham, who played just six. Syracuse finished the game with two players on the court who ordinarily would have been off it, including Al Servi, who finished with seven fouls. The Celtics had four players finish the game with five fouls, including Bob Cousy, who scored a career-high 50, including 30 of 32 from the free-throw line, the most ever made by an individual in any game, regular season or playoff. The teams combined to take 129 free-throws in the spectacle, with the Celtics winning 111-105 to 105 in a fourth OT, clinching the best of three series 2-0. Now, it may sound off having a guy commit seven fouls, but it happened a bit back in the 1940s and 50s. In fact, 10 of the 12 instances where a player has committed seven or more fouls actually happened in the brief span between 1949 and 1953. In fact, Lou Hitch and Don Otten both committed eight fouls in a game on separate occasions. Now, I can hear you all saying, but Nath, that's old-timey. Well... Amazingly, there was one instance of a guy committing seven fouls in 1999, and it didn't even result in too many players being disqualified. Cal Boldler of the Atlanta Hawks played three seasons in the league, but in a 131-95 drubbing by Portland, the scorekeeper didn't keep count correctly and allowed Boldler to commit seven fouls. Truly farcical. Truly, truly. I've got to admit, I don't remember him, do you? Uh, not that well. I, I've heard the name, but I couldn't have told you anything about the guy. It's in that dark period where we did not get much basketball no, on telly over absolutely here. Absolutely not. But yeah, just the fact that that could actually happen. Yeah. It's uh, a yeah, big yep. belief. March 22nd, 1989, Buffalo Sabres goaltender Clint Malarchuk suffers a near-fatal injury against the St. Louis Blues when Steve Tuttle's skate accidentally slits his throat, severing his jugular vein. This is one of the craziest freak accidents you're likely to see on the ice. With 4.43 left in the first period, the Blues' Rick Mayer sent it a pass to Tuttle and Sabres defenseman UA Krupp's only option was to knock Tuttle down, which is what he did. Malarchuk dropped down to play the pass and the skate ended up in the worst possible spot. If you're not the squirmish type, I highly recommend checking it out on YouTube. It is crazy, crazy how much blood comes out. There's something about blood on ice which is quite stark, isn't it? It really, really is. However, it clearly wasn't Malarchuk's time. The Buffalo trainer, Jim Pizzutelli, happened to be a former combat engineer from the Vietnam War and was trained. It took him just 14 seconds to get to Malachuk and apply pressure to the jugular, which ultimately saved his life. Insanely, this game actually continued with Malachuk's blood staining the ice right in front of the goals. He would receive 300 stitches and was back playing 10 days later. I guess there's no blood Zamboni, is there? <laughs> well, no. Zambone marrowy? Oh, dear. <laughs> sorry. Oh, dear. It's a stretch. A little bit. I only make that joke because I know he survived as well, of course. Yes. I wouldn't have made it otherwise. Now, Malachuk's story doesn't stop there. In October 2008, he was going through a real bout of depression. His wife had moved into a hotel because he was a really tough guy to be around. Malachuk was on a massive drinking bender. And when his wife came by to check on him, he decided that was that. I've had enough. So he picked up a rifle, put it to his chin and pulled the trigger. Yikes. Amazingly, though, the rifle had been loaded with what they refer to as shorties, a shortened version of the 22 caliber bullets that would usually go into that sort of a rifle. And the bullet ended up coming to rest millimeters from his brain. On top of that, the usually patchy cell reception was good enough that night to get a 911 call through, 
and the town paramedics were free to get him. He ended up doing a six-month stay in a hospital in California, which got him back on track. And now he helps men deal with their own anxiety and depression. What an amazing turnaround. Thankfully, a good story. Uh, yeah, absolutely it is. And that's the only reason I would mention that. Because, and it's the only reason I've made jokes. Yeah, because we yeah. know that it, it turns out in such a great way. And geez, talk about well and truly not being your time. Oh, yeah. March 25th, 1936, the Detroit Red Wings defeated the defending champion Montreal Maroons 1-0 in the longest game in NHL history after two hours, 56 minutes and 30 seconds, or the equivalent of nearly three full games, crazily, a whopping 11 minutes, 44 seconds ahead of the second longest ever game. The game took 116 minutes of overtime across six overtime periods before Mud Brunito, great name, amazing name, <laughs> scored the winner at 2.25 a.m. Yes, that's right. The game started on the 24th, but it finished on the 25th. Brunito was a very unlikely scorer for the winner, having only scored twice in the 24 games he'd played in that season, his first in the league. And Red Wings coach Jack Adams didn't give Brunito his first shift until the sixth overtime. It's also worth noting that this was 1936, so they didn't have the Zamboni coming out to clear the ice between periods, meaning that players had to deal with the playing surface being chopped up like crazy. This was also pre-Gatorade, of course, so the Maroons were sipping coffee and brandy between periods, and Red Wings goaltender Normie Smith lost nearly five and a half kilos in the match in reportedly making 92 saves and actually shut the Maroons out across 248 minutes and 32 seconds in the series, an all-time record. Another one of the more astounding things about the game was that there was a grand total of just 18 penalty minutes across all of that time. The Red Wings went on to win the series 3-1 for their first ever Stanley Cup, a feat that they've accomplished another 10 times since. The Maroons, on the other hand, shut their doors just two years later due to financial concerns and are the only Stanley Cup winning franchise in history to later fold. With the sort of skills that players possess nowadays, even two or three overtime games are rare. But just five years ago in 2017, there was actually an eight overtime game between the Storhamar Dragons and the Sparta Warriors of the Norwegian League in a game that spanned more than eight and a half hours that saw players eating pizza and pasta during the breaks to carb load and combat cramping. Crazy. Elam ending? <laughs> <laughs> Thought the same thing when we went through these. Thought the exact same oh, thing. Dear. And March 26th, happy 32nd birthday to outside linebacker Von Miller. It's been a sensational career for the certain Hall of Famer, an eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second team, a member of the 2010s All-Decade team, and most importantly, a two-time Super Bowl champion in 2015 with the Denver Broncos, where he won Super Bowl MVP, and the 2021 with the LA Rams. Miller has 115.5 career sacks, the most of any active player, and sits equal eighth all-time in sacks per game with 0.77. Now, going back just quickly to his college days, in 2009 at Texas A&M, he led the nation in sacks and was fourth in tackles for loss and was named first-team All-Big 12 as well as first-team All-American. Amazing. And possibly the most interesting thing about him is his middle name. Sean, I believe it's pronounced. <laughs> yeah, I... It's B apostrophe V-S-E-A-N. So Sean. So happy birthday, Von Sean Miller. Happy birthday indeed. <laughs> this week in sport history. Thanks for listening to this Sport Bloke segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes. 